0: On this edition of the Linz Report, Justin Trudeau visits my hometown and is greeted with tens of angry people and finally loses his good boy shtick. The price of aborted chicken fetuses has skyrocketed as a result of inflation, or has it. And China floats a balloon 66,000 feet over North America, and all of America collectively racked their shotguns for a social media photo shoot. Prime Minister Sox McHardoo along with his merry band of cabinet members were in Hamilton this week on a, one moment please, on a copyright retreat. Is that the word we want? Retreat? People were retreating to Hamilton? Normally people retreat from Hamilton. Anyway, uh, allow me to offer those of frail and fragile existence a trigger warning here. I'm about to make some very fair and deserved criticisms about Justin Trudeau ahead. If you feel the need to vent and complain about the factual and balanced things I'm about to say about our Prime Minister, I urge you to get out a piece of paper right now and your favourite writing instrument. I would like you to scribe your grievances in your best penmanship on that paper, fold it neatly, place it in your pocket, and walk outside into the path of a flaming meteor. The Prime Minister is not infallible, nor is he above valid criticism. Justin's stands are just as insufferable as Pierre's. No matter how dreamy he looks at you, or how moistly he speaks, I'm almost certain he's not going to fuck you. Anyhow, the PM and his cabinet were in town workshopping ways to tackle inflation. After dining on $20 cheeseburgers and $27 taco bowls, and yes, those are prices taken right from the earth-to-table bread bar where they dined, the PM was met by Canada's loudest French fries as he made his way back to his hotel. As a side note, the bread bar doesn't have a large pizza under $34 on their menu. If JT and the crew were looking for an example of artificially inflated prices, they sure found it there. I know any time tough conversations about our budgeting happens, Ashley and I don't make reservations at the city's most pretentious and overpriced restaurant. We sit down in our home, boil up a box of Kraft Dinner, and sharpen the fucking pencil. I'm not taking a pot shot at the PM here. Optics are everything when you're talking about the wallet bleeding happening around the world. Now, in the spirit of centricism, Justin Trudeau also loaded a cannon full of facts and blew the entire load across Pierre Polyev's bow. While we are accustomed to conservative politicians cracking the valve wide open 24-7 when it comes to attacks across the aisle, libs are usually more reserved until campaign time. Hearing the PM come at Pierre this way was a refreshing reminder that the high road sometimes has rest stops. So beyond having a plan to make people mad and amplify and reflect back
1: that anger, we haven't really seen a lot of concrete proposals from Mr. Polyev. I mean, he he did make one, that's not fair, you're right. He had one great opportunity for people to opt out of inflation. He recommended this last last (laughs) spring. You can opt out of inflation if you invest your money in Bitcoin. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. He stayed up late, watched all sorts of YouTube videos, and came to that conclusion. He said that himself. (laughs) Buy Bitcoin, opt out of inflation. Well, any Canadian who actually listened to maybe that's why those guys with the flags are so mad at me, any Canadian who listened to him would have lost more than half their life savings since last March. That's not responsible leadership. It's not responsible leadership um, to go and speak to groups that are known for denying uh, the reality of residential schools as he did just last week or for uh, attacking uh, the rights of LGBT community Canadians, or uh, for um, talking up uh, men's rights while attacking feminism at the same time. That's not the kind of path you need for Canadians, and yet he unapologetically does those things, because that's a way to foment anger, to build up
0: outrage. In other news, the price of eggs is out of fucking control. Or is it? Canadians all over the internet have gotten themselves into a right bloody tizzy over the increase of the price of edible jungle fowl fetus. The increase in egg price from last year at this time sits at 6.1%. By the clatter and bangs on social media, you would think that people were being mandated to sacrifice their firstborn for a huevo ranchero. The increase, while high, is not putting people out on the streets. The disingenuous factor is media-savvy economists rushing to be the first past the post to get trending headlines and viral tweets about the impending doom that is 2023. When you hear someone theatrically tiptoe around the word recession by calling it the R-word or the dirty, dirty word, you need to change the channel immediately. Truthfully and statistically, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but we've been in a practical recession since last summer when inflation was at its peak. The market reverberations of inflation you feel as a consumer is normally not felt for six to eight months. Let's all do the math together. That brings us to... Oh! Last summer! This isn't a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not here to blow fairy dust up your preferred orifice. Just because the earthquake happened last year doesn't mean we're in the clear of the tsunami of unemployment and price spikes that are about to crash our shores. I hate to be the Debbie Downer of the party here, but the cure to recession causing inflation is unemployment and bootlace tightening. Buckle up, kids. While the Bank of Canada currently tells us inflation rates sit at around 3%, that doesn't mean we don't need to pay the tab for when it was more than double that. Again, last summer. To close out this edition of the Linz Report, China has once again poked the West by accidentally floating a stratospheric data-gathering balloon over our airspace. What was viewed on social media by some as the start of World War III, and stoked a myriad of conspiracy theories online, one thing was for certain. Physics, science, and reality still have no place in American right-wing rhetoric. Some of our rootin', tootin', reality-convolutin' neighbors to the south took to their front porches and aimed their various firearms at the sky, while someone digitally recorded an image of their complete amosexual lunacy with a camera. Within hours of the story breaking, social media was filled with trigger-happy Americans ready to shoot at the balloon. In the midst of this display of Second Amendment porn, debates arose around U.S. President Joe Biden's alleged unwillingness to dispatch the military to shoot the balloon down. Theories ranging from collusion to ineptitude filled the Twitterverse, which prompted the media to ask the president about it directly. It successfully took it
1: down, and I want to compliment our aviators who did it and we'll have more to report on this uh, a little later. Thank you. This ain't a was a say What's your China? China message to China? You were saying the recommendation from your, was from your national
0: security. I told them to shoot it down.
1: On Wednesday? On Wednesday. But the recommendation they from said recommendation. to me, let's wait
0: till the safest place to do it. What does this mean for China in relation to China? Also missing from the discussion was just how many times this has happened before. Here's ABC host Jonathan Carl speaking with Senator Marco Rubio about this. And, and, and he
2: shot it down when he shot it down based on the advice of, of the military. You don't think he should have ordered it to be shot down earlier against the advice of, of, of the Joint Chiefs, do you? Well, I think it first begins by understanding, when did we first track it over airspace? Uh, Theoretically, if it entered to Alaska, NORAD, it's our system of spotting things and protecting both American and Canadian airspace, should have spotted it a lot earlier. So I'd love to hear from military officials about why wasn't it addressed earlier, what were the options at that point? Again, look, maybe in a closed session or maybe in the settings uh, with the benefit of hindsight, they'll have some real good arguments about why it couldn't be done. I recognize that you shoot something out of the sky that's that's the size of three buses and it lands in the wrong place. It could hurt, harm, kill people or damage infrastructure. But by the same token, I think that if that was the case, then I think it really would have been helpful for the president of the United States to get on national television and explain to the American people, "This is what we're dealing with. This is what I'm going to do about it, and uh, and this is why I haven't done it yet." None of that happened, and I don't know why. And in fact, I don't know why they waited so long to tell people about this. And uh, uh, if they knew the trajectory that it was on, it seems from late last week. All right. And, early life. and, and, and we're, we're also told, by the way, that, uh, that this happened three times under the previous president. Obviously, there were no public notifications there. Uh, Senator Rubio, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: We all know that Trump probably just tried to get a ride on one of the balloons anyway. Anyhow, there's an apparent second balloon floating out there in the Western Hemisphere somewhere right now. While the well-armed militia prepares their next defense strategy from Terry's front porch, we'll be waiting for an update from the adults. And that about wraps it up for the 2023 inaugural edition of the Lynn's Report. I'm your host, Ryan Lindley. For the Crier Media Network, formerly the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. That's right, we got new digs. For these stories and much more, make sure to check us out at crier.co Until then, may all your yokes be runny. And all your balloons be weather-related?
1: Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vail. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world.